coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, the prosperity gospel. Are financial blessings and physical well-being always the will of God? And should material, especially financial success, be seen as a sign of divine favor? Well, we're going to break it all down, so stay right with us. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take and perhaps it won't suck. Well, I'm a loud mouth. I'm out. I'm out in the town, you know, talking to Christians about Christian stuff, and people overhear it and they want to. They want to fight about it. Brian, no means no. Hey, fellas, what's happening? Hey, Dre. Yo. So, uh, my week was super uneventful, and that's kind of the way I like it sometimes. So, I uh, not not a lot of people were at my house at all. It was just me and my wife. We kind of sat on the couch and just hung out. Um, had a granddaughter for a little while, so I got a little three year old you know, doing her thing. And uh, I kind of loved it. It was good. A week at work was simple. We've, uh, we've come into Marine Corps Ramadan, right? Where, (laughs) where, uh, you know, the, the Thanksgiving holiday, the Marine Corps ball, uh, you know, we start getting into Christmas stuff, leave blocks. There's nothing scheduled. People aren't doing things. And when we come back from new year's, there's the back in the saddle training where they have to, teach all us heathens not to rape people and drink alcohol and play with electricity and light and, fires and, and all the things. Up, if you drink and drive, use a condom. That's exactly. Condom. Exactly. Right. So Equal opportunity uh, will not be tolerated. So, so yeah, um, that's, that's, that's been my week. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me and talk about the nothing that I do all week, you can get at me as super <laughs> Dre uh, at Instagram. And, uh, and that link is, is always going to be in the description from now on. Nice. Brian, what's up, man? Hey, Dre. Hey, Matt. Uh, hey, I'm Brian. Um, I'm at, uh, you can reach me at thethirdhelix.com. Uh, gosh, I don't think I did anything good this week. I watched Blue Beetle today, and uh, it was, uh, just, I don't recommend it. Don't do it. Uh, you, you weren't whelmed? I was, I was, uh, I was not even a little bit whelmed. Um, Dang. Not even a little bit. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're. They. I think they've made. All so is that movies. not even what is that a three out of ten? I, I don't even. I don't, I don't. It's so. I don't even care enough about it to rate it. It's just. Uh, but I like that kid from Cobra Kai. Right? Yeah. She is that. I mean. Oh, the 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 dark haired kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. Uh, Susan Sarandon is is the is the villain. Um. That's that's what they came up with, but oh, uh, okay. Well, I yeah. I think we've given it too much airtime. I I regret even bringing it up. That's how much I re- like. I regret Blue Beetle, it. you heard it here. I, Dude, that I'm out hermeneutic. Super super not even whelming. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't pay for it. It was on HBO Max. I already have it. Oh, I might go watch it then. On yeah. one of my days where I'm not doing a damn thing. So because we all know if, we all know Dre just... loves him some bad movies. No, I like genuine bad movies. You might love it then. <laughs> Dre's gonna come back next week and be like, I don't know, Blue Beetle was kind of good in a bad, terrible like way. I've, I've grown out of the bad movie. Have it's you? not like the I room have. bad. 
where it's like so bad it's it's like amazing to watch it's it's just so it's it's the most mediocre if you can use superlatives for mediocrity then then you then you would do that. i don't think you're allowed to i think that's against the rules well i mean the movie blue beetle exists so i don't care about rules they <laughs> it's just all right yeah how are you doing matt how's your week i'm good i'm good i'm tired so uh, I just came. I just got in from a hunt uh, opening uh, weekend of deer season here in Oklahoma. Uh, I bagged my first ever buck, my first ever deer, all in one squeeze of the trigger. So one one shot. It was my first deer and my first buck. I've done a lot of bird hunting. Um, I didn't grow up hunting as a kid, but uh, I started bird hunting with Alyssa when she got into like junior high, she was interested. So we started hunting. Mm. I've always wanted to. And my only family that hunts is down in San Antonio. So uh, my uncle Julian down there, he hunts, but like every time I go down to San Antonio around hunting season, it was like either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I got to spend time with my dad or my grandmother while she was still alive. So I wasn't out hunting, wasting all that time. Um, so I just never hunted. Uh, but uh, our friends, uh, Jessica and Andrew here in town. Shout out Jessica, Jessica Rosebud, whatever in the world your middle half double names are. Um, her parents have a little, they call it the compound. It's a 40 acre lot of land that's kind of nestled inside of these other lots of 40 and 60 acres. So it's the middle of cool. freaking nowhere. And uh, he's, he's converted into a hunting facility. And uh, it was like 10 minutes of shooting time that I had left and this buck walked out and I uh, was able to take him. So that was really cool. So I didn't get into like midnight, I had to get up early for church. So I'm tired. Um, I got to go see the Spurs lose to the Thunder on uh, Tuesday. So it wasn't a good game, but I got to see uh, Victor Wimbenyama in person. Um, that was, it was fun. Um wasn't great to see your guys lose, but I got to see him in person. There was a surprisingly large amount of silver and black in the house. So that was always good here in, here in uh, Paycom Arena, uh, home of the Thunder. Um, so that was cool. Um, I think that's about it for me. Not, not a lot, a lot of, that's a lot actually for the last couple of days. So, you know, it's, it's a good day. It's a great day in America. I've got a cooler full of, uh, of deer meat and, you know. Nice. Yeah. If you want to come down for some uh, deer sausage or some uh, deer chili, Brian, we can make that happen. I was about to invite myself. I was you actually thinking. Yeah, if you want to come down, I'll let you know ahead of time. We can do it maybe next weekend's obviously Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to be in town anyway. How long are you going to be in town for? No, I'm going to Iowa. Oh, oh the other the other so. family. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Oklahoma City is about 20, I don't know, three hours driving from me here. I might, might be worth the flight. For some deer chili, turn might, around. might be worth the flight, my man. Like, I mean, we can do that. <laughs> We can definitely do that. Right on, right on. I've never been hunting. No? Yeah. It's 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 different. It's fun. I, I like it. Um, it's different, right? So like deer hunting is very different from bird hunting. Simply because deer are like hyper spooky. So you're it's very solitary. You're kind of just sitting by yourself with your thoughts, kind of chilling out in nature. Like kinda. they're not spooky, they're easily spooked, you mean? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're not okay. scary. They're not like, Ooh, yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> oh God, they're, like, what am I gonna do? they're, they're, they're easily, easily frightened. Right. And they have right. like incredible hearing, incredible smell, incredible sight. So 
you have to be still, you can't move, all that kind of stuff, right? Birds, while they have fantastic vision, um, when they're coming in, there's so much noise that they're flying through constantly. It's like you're in a group and you're like having a good time. We have music on Bluetooth speakers and stuff. And then we see birds, you hit everything you use and you get real still and you wait until the birds come in. And then you're like a, you're like a, like an evil Jack in the box. Everybody pops up just like, and then birds start falling out of the sky and then you wash, rinse, repeat. So it's bird hunting is much more social. It's much more extroverted. Um, and it's a longer season. Do you eat the birds? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I love uh, Canadian goose is my favorite. Um, you cook okay. it like steak. So those are sizable birds. Dude, they're a lot bigger. So you see them walking around. You think you know how big they are. You shoot one. And then when you, you know, the breast is like this big. Yeah. It's like really they're like big. turkey size. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you, so if you shoot four of them, <laughs> you suddenly have four sets of turkey breasts yeah so um but you cut them up and cook them like steak medium on the grill Mm. salt pepper and just treat it like red meat like it's a steak and uh, it's it's really good duck you got to do some special stuff with it i'm not and i I don't duck duck hunt as much um and then ducks there's like uh, and some the duck hunters and the if there's any hunters out there like half of them are called divers and they eat the stuff off the bottom but then the other ones eat just like the fish and stuff. So the divers have like a real dirty, muddy taste to them because the yeah. the food comes through in the meat. I had I some ducks those in all. Thailand a million years ago. And it was, uh, I had a bite and yeah. that was, that was yeah. it. Peking duck it is like, good. I mean, um, we, we often have duck at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Along with the turkey. Type yeah. Thing. So f- fun fact, uh, game bird. So ducks and, um, geese and deer game meat in general in the u.s it's illegal to serve wild game meat so anytime you go to a cool restaurant that has meat that could be hunted it has to be farm raised to (laughs) preserve the 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 wild duck population because otherwise they'd be like you know hey we need duck for the restaurants and then all the duck hunters go out and just kill everything they could find then there'd be no more ducks Right. Yeah. So that's, you have to farm raise them. So like when you had Peking duck, that was farm raised duck um, or whatever, but that's an interesting, you know, little thing. Quail, like if you go to like, like Hill country, Texas, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll serve quail on the menu kind of thing. That has to be farm raised quail. Um, this was but, a little hole in the wall restaurant in, in uh, Saudi Thailand. And yeah. I have no idea where the duck came from. It probably was wild. <laughs> it was, <laughs> they probably don't have nearly the same rules around uh, farm raising game birds and whatnot. They, but they I probably saw it walking down the street and just snatched it and said, let's right? put this on the menu. Yeah. yeah. Meat's back on the menu, boy. Who knows if it was even actually duck? It, it could have um, been raccoon or something. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. It could have been a uh, person. Like, we don't know. No, it didn't taste. It was like person oh okay yeah brian's like no no no. i know no person i know okay. human when i taste it i get person, me, person give taste, me the pepsi person. challenge any day of the week hey don't you guys judge me all right you, that, you weren't there I, right <laughs> you don't you don't know what it was like on that mountaintop we were stuck in that elevator for like two hours <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody and they were like you know, in a, in a, in a zombie apocalypse, you know, you think if it came down to it, you would eat human. And I'm like, it's crazy. You think it would take a zombie apocalypse for me to try human. 
they they were He's like okay yeah they I were, thought they I was... were they were put off by my response i was like <laughs> i'm just looking like, for an excuse prov- to do it so i don't i'm gonna get, get provocative and matt's like <laughs> Don't bring I'm that pretty, I'm pretty sure I would starve before I. I was like, I a, he matumboed that. <laughs> a, little, a little respect for the for the provocation. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I, I tell the guys around here. I'm like, we call it. I call it boogaloo uh, jerky. Like, I'm just looking for a reason to fire that that Traeger up and just like right. get some. Because we got meat. meat that guy days, was well boys. marbled. Well hey, marbled. Hey, it's hey. a big dude. You know how we talked about when when the boogaloo happens, we're going to rally at your place. I don't know about that anymore, man. <laughs> Brian's like, man, y'all got a lot of meat here. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> so, Matt, do you think that uh, with only ten minutes worth of shooting time, do you think that buck came into your sights because of how well you've been serving serving God recently? No. A, no, no. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was just hungry. Um, well, I mean, I'm, prosperity, I'm, I'm, right? I'm, 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 I'm convinced that it was uh, shooting light and um, and deer behavior, and the fact mm. that we use feeders in Oklahoma to encourage mm. the deer's comfortability of coming into certain areas. Um, the fact that I was in a deer stand that was positioned in such a way that the sun was behind me, not in front of me. Um, darkening me, blinding the deer so he couldn't see me. Like, there's a whole lot of things going to my benefit here, guys. Let's be let's be sure of that. There was a lot of work. That was a really good. Transition. It sounds like you no. were in divine favor. I love the transition like. because what I'll tell you is, my man Shorty, uh, Jessica's dad that that has put this facility together has put in, God knows how many hours of man labor, and thousands and thousands of dollars to build the to build out his land to feed the deer for the last 3 years he checks trail cams we kind of know where the deer were going to be so we kind of guessed where to be educated guesses to put myself in a position to be successful so i get your question and i love the transition but like 100% that was about um a, a lot of education a lot of knowledge a little bit of luck and trusting uh, all the systems to come together to put me in a position to be successful. 100%, uh, I, I, I do not believe that God was like, man, I love me some Matt, and I want him to shoot a deer today. I want this deer to walk across the front of him. That is not what happened. Absolutely. Maybe the deer... Maybe the deer had it coming. Maybe the deer was He was kind of a, a sinful, jerk. His his rack deer. His rack part of it was broken. So he's clearly been fighting a lot. He he wasn't resident to that area. This was his first season to be seen in this in this acreage. So he's been run off from somewhere else. He was kind of younger. He's about four or five years old. So he wasn't like fully, fully mature. He was sexually mature, but he wasn't like like the big boy, you, you saved the local deer community from a from a menace. I, I saved the, the 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 really pretty prize deer that's walking around on that property. Um, I saved him from the young up and comer. Is really what happened. So I'm the patriarchy. Yeah. So maybe maybe God's like, you know what? You need to go get in front of Matt because I'm sick of your shit. Actually, um, <laughs> he's sinned you, too many times. You have not that been deer, following that the deer word of never goes to church. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't pray. He doesn't tithe. Never ties. That cat's <laughs> always like using up all the feed. There's does out there. He's probably a deer lick dad. He's probably just like Bambi. He's got, cat, he's got right? babies like, everywhere. Yeah, he never, he, 
this motherfucker just he just needs to be shot. And God made that happen. Or you know, he not was for just, you, but for him and everybody else, right? Like, it was all part of the big plan. It is I like right. I like the transition. I was elected to shoot that deer. In fact, you probably just huh? closed your eyes real quick before and and, and God told you <laughs> I know you only got 10 minutes left. Faith. In fact, I've never Faith shot a rifle people. before. That was all just that was all just divine <laughs> intervention that guided my round into the deer properly. <laughs> and you got it right in the heart. <laughs> Boom. In fact, you didn't even open your eyes. You're just like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> just bam. So Brian, yes, pros- prosperity theory or prosperity theology. theology. What is it? Uh oh, you're asking me. All right. Um, well, it's the uh I kind of thought you would have an idea. I didn't really. Oh, I have an this, idea. I just you'd be so wordy, so I figured I'd let you be the one. I'd be, be so wordy. To... Uh, it's basically, as I understand it, um, and I, I feel like a def- a proponent is gonna define it. Better take than issue you with would. me because I'm, I I, I did very little preparation for this because uh, I, I didn't I didn't know what what the angle was. Um, basically the idea that if you're, if you're faithful, if you believe hard enough and rightly, God is going to reward you with prosperity. It's if you say simple. your prayers um, and eat your vitamins, brother. And it, it kind of got, um, kind of got big here in America, like in the fifties through, through the eighties with, um, with, with just the charismatics and yeah. televangeling mm-hmm. and, and things yeah. of that nature. Did yeah. you turn and that into a the, verb? I like that. Yeah, I did. Televangeling, I like that. One of the basic, one of the basic ideas of it is that if you tithe money to, to a, a an anointed church, then you'll get money in return. If mm-hmm. you if you tithe money, God will give you money. Yep. Um, and yep. it's, magically, it, Ma- like it's like supernaturally, your 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 bank well, account will be blessed. Not magically, miraculously. Um, Potato. The other it, M. Like it to me, it seems like a pretty obvious ploy by televangelists. I mean, if you send me in money, you'll get rich. Mm-hmm. Um, people fall for it. But what um, if it's not riches I'm looking for? What if it's um, you know, I've got lymphoma, or I, you know, I uh, my my knees hurt really bad, and and my you know, I want to be a I want to be a pro athlete. If I if I pray pray the pain away, well, is is that is that possible? It's 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 possible, but it seems like um like God hasn't really promised that. Like the Oh, so so it's the, not really uh, Yeah, I mean based I, I, anything I, with... <laughs> I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have been, you know, uh, right. You know, these these I, I think the problem here is all three of us are kind of on the same the same fence, right? So for us one of us to try to argue in favor of it's gonna be really challenging but I, I, there's certainly a lot of especially the televangelists that quote a lot of scripture that talk about you know if you you know give your appropriate tithing etc that you'll be you know rewarded sevenfold or, or whatever all of the the different bible verses are um i know personally i can tell you guys growing up southern baptist i've heard i can't tell you how many times especially as the offering plate goes around, right? There's an entire different tract of, of uh, sermoning that happens during the offering. 
in a, in a Southern Baptist in the old school. Right. So like uh, Baptist services were very structured. You have this portion, then you have this portion, then you have this portion, then you have this portion, right? And it was always, you got your worship. So you have your songs, the really old songs. Um, and then they would do the, the, the base sermon. Well, sometimes they do introductions or like uh, special announcements. Sometimes they held those till the end and then they would do the main sermon. And then there's always the, 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 um, the, the, oh shoot, what is it called? The, the part where they, every, with all that heads bowed and all the eyes closed. The offertory? No, it's the, uh, the, who, who wants, who needs to be saved? What is that called? Um, oh, the altar call. No, that's, that's separate. They would, so in, in, in my church is the, the, the altar call was if you need to come down and pray about something then you come down and they would have the prayer warriors out front doing the prayer, the praying, right. Which I'm okay with that. That's that's I think that's super solid. You need somebody to help you talk you through something. You want another voice. You want another set of eyes on your problems, but then it was the, um, there's a word, it's a single word. I keep wanting to say, is it, is it important to the story? Cause no, but I it's just the all, part where they blank. were, where they're trying to get people to say, I need to be saved. Um, and then they would go to the, to the offering. Right. So then, so then they do the offering and as the offering goes around they're, they're, they they do an entirely different sermon. And it was always a, some sort of, you know, if you give, you get it back, the kingdom of God can't go high of the needle. Like all of these stories would always be told as the offering plates were going around. Um, and then, you know, then the sermon would go on, but, um, there, there, there's so many times I've heard that, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with your bills, it's probably because you're not tithing. And I remember being like 13, 14. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not 100% against that idea. Like there's I, a sense in which it's true. And there's a sense in so, which it's. So I have a personal, so I have a personal story about it. Right. So I was 20. 223 ish living in maryland um in Bowie. so dre you were already gone and carrie and i were going to a southern baptist church or baptist church that was in maryland and they called for offering and i remember him talking about it and i remember wanting to give because it felt right and i remember being broke broke as a joke and I remember having this thought, this moment of clarity that said, Matt, you make too much money in the grand scheme of things. You're well above the poverty line to not be able to tithe something. And what that told me was my financial maturity was so poor, right? That like, how could I not give? And it wasn't give 10%. I couldn't give 3%. Like 3% would have like, my lights would have got turned off. Like my, I, we were that broke. And so I made it a kind of a, I had like a, a internal dialogue and I don't know if it was a prayer or it was self-talk, some combination thereof. And I basically was like, I'm going to figure out how to be able to tithe 2%. I'm going to figure that out within, you know, a month or two. And then I'm going to start slowly stair-stepping that number until I can get to 10% because I should be able to give to a church that I want to give to 10%. 
and I did, right? Like I, I moved that needle slowly. And I basically, what happened is it wasn't supernatural. It wasn't miraculous. I got my shit under control, <laughs> right? So I got my own house in order to where I was able to tithe. And then the funny thing is, you know, my financial health has been much better from that day forward, but I don't, and this is, I've actually had this conversation with my men's group at my church. Like I, I, we had this dialogue, this conversation. I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong in this feeling because this doesn't feel supernatural. This was me that did it. I was led by a, a feeling. And I don't know if that being led was the, 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 the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that was God. I don't know if that was personal guilt. I don't know if it was social pressure. Like whatever the thing was that drove me to feel the, the need to get my money under control, but I did, and it was a good outcome, right? So like my personal household finances are more stable and I'm able to give in a way that feels good to me. And we can put a pin in whether or not it's biblically accurate in modern day to tie. That's a different conversation. We can, we can segue there. I think we probably will, but it makes me feel good to do it. And I know that it's fun. It's funding some of the activities of my personal church that I'm a member of that, yeah. I, that I interact with. And that feels good because I know where that money's going. Right. Um, and then I do another thing that's extra. And this is just a throwaway conversation at this point, but whenever I want to buy something for myself, like say I want to buy a part for my Harley or I want to buy a part for my, Camaro that I'm building. Those that don't know, I'm in the middle of uh, re rebuilding a 68 Camaro, um, or I want to buy a new gun, um, whatever those things are. I, I, I do a secondary tithe on the value of what I'm about to buy. So hmm. like I do my tithe on my, my net income, not my gross income. That's a different conversation. It's like a, like a, like a tithe, uh, VAT tax. Yeah, I do. I, yep. I seriously do. Right. Like I'm like, I'm tithing 10% on my net income. Um, because I'm not doing gross because I don't live in Texas or, you know, whatever. Um, but then when I want to do something else, I do a secondary tithe on that. And it, it, it takes some personal guilt off of me that I'm not giving all of this money to a charity, which maybe I should be, and I'm being somewhat selfish. And again, like I'm just sharing all of this with, with you guys and, and the listeners, because that's something that I've just done personally that helps me reconcile my own life. Um, and I'll shut up now because I've been talking for like 10 minutes straight. But um I found that in the in the you know in the through the course of my life as a Christian, when I I found that when I've tithed, um I just I I just had money. Um like it, it I found that uh when I've tithed in the past, like I just kind of had money. Like it would just I would have money from unexpected sources. Like I'd mm -hmm. get a I'd get a bonus at work or uh, um, some, you know, relative would send me some money out of the blue or something just, uh, and it, like, it wasn't anything that you could put your finger on as miraculous, but it was just like, I felt like God was saying, Hey, you know, good for you for tithing. But, but I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that because like there, the problem with the prosperity with prosperity theology is that it treats it treats tithing and, and faith as as a means to an end. It becomes a, transactional, right? Right. Yeah, it becomes yeah. transactional when it's 
you you shouldn't tithe because you you're you want to get a a monetary return on it right. you're not you're not investing your money for a return on your money mm-hmm. you're investing your money because you believe in what you're giving your money to you right. want that church that ministry to keep going right and that's that's the sense that you that whenever jesus talks about how how to use wealth or in or paul um it, it's it's never it's about how you and it's it's about how you spend your money to get something more valuable than money um like it's you're you're doing that because the thing you're funding is valuable for itself your reward is that that thing you tithe to is getting funded that's what that's your reward because you believe in it um and it's you know but people uh you know, there's an episode in uh, John chapter six when he feeds the five thousand with the with the five loaves, and then they uh, they realize, well, that you know this guy's giving out free lunches, so they they chase him across the the the, the uh, Sea of Galilee, and they try to make him king by force. And he says to them, uh, "I tell you the truth, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill." Um, like they were correct to recognize that he was the prophet who has come into the world who he is the rightful king but they didn't they weren't doing it because they they understood the sign that he was he was reenacting the the manna in the wilderness he was he was he was revealing himself to be the one foretold by moses they did it because they were their god was their stomach essentially um Mm -hmm. and i think that i mean that's basically what the prosperity gospel uh what it exploits in people. Um, we largely see religion as in God and Jesus as a means to serving our own ends. Um, and that's perverse. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Dre, what do you think? I've been talking for a while too. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I concur. And maybe, maybe that's a problem for a podcast, but um, <laughs> we're all in agreement. We're yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That's fucking stupid. No, I and and I I think the the point that we brought up about tithing is and or even even prosperity as a whole is you to give money only to get money to me seems like you, did you really give? Right. You know you're 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 not giving. You're not you're you're only doing something you know with a, with a selfish mean to an end. So. So then I think, you know, is that really God that's given all of these people that are, uh, that are super prosperous when they give, right? Or is that, is that a different Lord of this world, you know, that, oh, so, you know, we can, we can kind of twist the word of God and we can kind of, kind of move along this God sounding thing, and then you can become super prosperous in this material world. Well, that, that that you're actually going into another place, dude. Like, is altruism, does it exist, right? Because, I mean, it, I could easily argue that every good thing that any person does, they're doing it for enough to get something back, right? Even Even something as seemingly good as, you know, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses going door to door, knocking on doors, right? They're doing it so they can be one of the 1440 
kind of deal, right? Like at the end of the day, like they're doing it to solidify their position as one of the the blessed ones, right? Like no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No, because because that that number is, I mean, to be an anointed one would be pretty pretty big beyond going door to door. I think, but I think that they do, all do it those things, right? As a commandment, right? So. I think that, you know, they're commanded to do so. And because they are, you know, their salvation kind of depends on it. Okay. But okay. So yeah, that's fair, but it's, but still, right. Like it's, I mean, at any level, when somebody does a good thing, you can't, you can't tell me that they don't get some type of reward, whether it's emotional, financial, spiritual, there's, Right. That's just when, when you when you buy the homeless dude a Big Mac outside you of feel McDonald's, good about it. you're doing it because like hey, and that's I, not that's not wrong. No, to do that. I didn't say I, it's I, wrong. I don't think you're saying that. No, I'm not but, saying it's wrong. I'm saying I'm just saying, does altruism even exist? Like, is it possible to exist? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it does. Um, yeah, I think what you're getting at is um and to surprising no one, I have a blog article about this, but uh thirdhelix.com. Um, yeah, thirdhelix.com. Link will be uh, link, in the description. Link in the description. Um, but yeah, we we have this notion of morality that it, it, the criterion of good and evil is unselfish versus uh, selfishness versus selflessness or unselfishness, as if the being selfless is in itself good. Um, I think I unapologetically identify as a christian objectivist like i subscribe to the ethical philosophy of one ayn rand um which scandalized uh, i i probably the atheist prophetess yeah i'm probably angering people listening because um she was an atheist she hated christianity well she she said she hated christianity but i she she made the mistake of confusing what Christians believe with what Christianity actually teaches. Um, and that's why she hated Christianity. Um, but the, it seems like a common objection uh, across, you know, in the last couple of conversations we've had, when we, we had our Gen Z girl on, and then we talked about, you know, uh, is Christianity true after that? And, um, you know, yeah. it, it's, it, uh, those objections kind of kind of kind of play into what you're saying i think but i'll I'll let you finish um well yeah we we def i uh you know we think something is wrong if it's automatically if it it, if it arises from self-interest and it's good automatically if it's selfless um that's not really true um jesus never he never appealed to anybody to to self-sacrifice as an end in itself. He never said anyone who comes after me must deny himself, take up his cross and and follow me and then be rejected by God and cast into hell. But you should do it because it's selfless. Um, no, he always appealed to self-interest. Uh, he always, the, this, this, the sacrifice was in service to something greater. It was always deny yourself, take up your cross. And then when the son of man comes in, in, in the glory of his father, then you will be, you'll have, you'll have a place in the kingdom of God. Um, 
you know, even Jesus, uh, he didn't, he didn't sacrifice himself, uh, for the sake of the sacrifice. It was, he, he, he believed he was getting something in return for his life that he valued more than his life. Uh, the epistle of the Hebrews reads uh, that it was, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. Um, he did it because he loved us and he believed that the redeeming the, the human race was, was worth the cost of his life. Um, but, um, you know, good and evil is not a matter of being unselfish versus, uh, selfless or i mean selfish versus versus selfless it's a matter of where do you believe your greatest reward is um like where 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 do you invest yourself he he used uh jesus said the the kingdom of god is like uh, a man who found a treasure in a field and he went and sold everything he had and he bought that field or right. a merchant of pearls who found a a pearl of great value and he went and sold everything he had so he could buy that pearl it was investment um, and that's how he always framed it. Um, in other words, um, you know, faith, faith, that's what faith is. It's where do you believe the the greatest reward is? And if you believe that it's in God and his promises, then, uh, then you do that, but it's not transactional. You, you know, the whole, the difference between salvation by grace through faith and by the works of the law is that you you do these things because you believe in them. It's reward in itself to to live out the will of God. Um, whereas law, it's this kind of transactional thing where if I, it's 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 a quid pro quo. If I tithe X amount, then according to this law of faith, I get X X amount back. Mm -hmm. um, which you know, as we've discussed before, that that's you know, it's the difference between you know. Marriage and prostitution can look like the same thing from the outside, but they're actually opposites. And we often uh, we often treat faith like it's pro like it's uh, like it's basically prostitution. It's transactional. But anyway, I'm kind of uh, no, I, 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 rambling I, at this point. I, I mean, the the transactional thing. I think I think part of the 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 challenge, or maybe part of the issue opportunity whatever is that we see everything is transactional and i don't think we're aware of it you know what i mean like everything that we do is transactional um from government government i mean you know you vote for your guy he does the things you want he doesn't do the things you want you don't vote him back in you go eat, get something to eat you tip is um, that well is that i mean Everything's the, a transaction. I'm not sure the first part is. I'm thinking of when uh, when David Hogg was going on his uh, his campaign against uh, NRA funded Republicans, mm -hmm. and he was he would he was proceeding on this idea that they were bought off by the NRA. Like mm -hmm. it's because the NRA supports their campaigns. That's the only reason they're they're doing this, and they're basically just prostitutes who are who are doing the bidding of this interest group when if if not for that funding they wouldn't do that and he like yeah i think he confronted paul ryan about that on a on a some some uh cable news town hall thing and paul ryan was like no i i get funding from the nra because i believe in the second amendment because i'm 
that's that's a value I want. To, I'm serving my own values because we're aligned in that. They fund my campaign, but I would still they fund my campaign because they know that's a value I'm going to serve. So they want me in office, but I would do that with or without the funding. Um, so it's you know it's not. I I realize that doesn't describe every politician on every on every issue. Some of them are prostitutes, basically. Um, some of them are bought off by by lobbyists and special interests. Um, but I don't. It's not necessarily the case. Um, so I just had a thought. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. Here's a hot take. Okay. I don't think it's fair to prostitutes to refer to politicians as prostitutes. Prostitutes are very upfront and open about what the transaction is for, what you're paying, and what you're okay. going to get in return. I think when Unless we are cops. Well, then they're just dirty cops. They're, they're, they're not prostitutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. They, you got you got hornswoggled, but like, gotcha, I, bitch. like I, I kind of, really, <laughs> I really feel like saying that a, a, a the average politician is a prostitute because they're doing this, and we're implying that they're dirty and they're screwing you. I don't even think that's fair because the the screwing is so subversive and hidden and intended for you never to find out like i don't think it i don't think it's I, and i'm not attacking you for saying it i'm just like broadly like we do this everybody does it. Yeah. Like it's a real common thing and i don't think it's fair to prostitutes um they're at least whether or not you endorse sex workers and i'm not saying that i do i'm saying they're very honest about what they're doing they're 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 pretending to like you they're giving you a a specific interaction a very intimate interaction and there's a price that's been negotiated ahead of time, even. I think I think you know the, I mean? the comparison is that yeah, but the, I think the comparison though is that they are they're putting a price on something that should be priceless. I I, I, I agree. There's, there's, I, I I think that part's fair. But so I'm just the saying, parallel, like, right. it's dirtier yeah. than prostitution. Is my point. It's like secret because it's dishonest, right? It's 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 it's. I don't even. But know in that. a way, it's worse. Is what I'm trying to say. I think it's worse. And I and I mean that genuinely. Okay. I mean I I, I get your point. I'm not And sure, I hold uh, sex workers in a pretty low regard. So that's I, I how get, low I hold the regard yeah. of, of of a dirty politician. I get your point. I'm not I'm not sure I I'm not sure I agree or see where That's why I preface with hot take. Yeah. Right. So, so so where is the line when it comes to serving or serving yourself for example all three of us were in the marines yeah that's we, true. we we served but we didn't do it for free and and uh i still reap benefits from my service um my service dealt with a ton of sacrifice and a ton of danger but but I was compensated, you know, whether whether it's accolades or awards or money or, you know, people thanking me for my service last week or, you know, th things things of that nature. I didn't I didn't just do it for myself where politicians that, that, you know that free Applebee's lunch. That's right. That free, uh, uh, you know, Toby Keefe gave me that free burger right. and a beer hey, at his hey. at his spot in Harris in Vegas. Coming right? to you courtesy so, of the red, white and blue, my man. The hell yeah. So. 
you know, and politicians will claim that they that they serve. So, uh, but often it's is to serve their own interests or their PAC's interests or the interest of whoever it is. And there's that prostitution word, right? The the money they're serving the interests of the people to give them money and not necessarily their their constituents. So where's where's the line of service and and self service? So like you were saying, is it really altruistic to join the Marines when you know? I got free school. My kids got free school. Uh, you know, I I made a decent salary and a decent living. I live in a in a bomb ass area. I can walk to the beach today, right now. All due to my service to the country. Well, I think Matt and I are agreed that the altruism, just as a as an absolute concept, is kind of a lie. It's a misnomer. Um, okay, that's that's um, fine. So where's the line? Well, I'm not sure there is a line. Like it's. Uh, like I, I think that I would argue quite vehemently that the that the fundamental basis for morality is self-interest. Like uh, the like the Ayn Rand ideal is that the the Ayn Rand basis for morality is man's own happiness is his is his moral aim. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a, you don't have to justify what you're doing because it's selfless. Um, the difference between good and evil is it's not that you're seeking your own good. It's that you're, you're seeking your, your own good in something, your priorities are misaligned. Uh, and a, an analogy I use on my blog is that like, if you, you know, consider two uh, college dorm mates. One of them is what we would think of as a as a good kid who he studies hard and he trains hard at his sport and he he uh, he gets straight A's and he you know he he's he stays home uh, in the dorm studying hard, going to bed early so he can get up early and and train study and do well in school. Where his dorm mate. He's out partying all night. He's out chasing girls and doing drugs and squandering his uh, his parents' money on on booze and and uh, fun. Um, and when he kind of chat in the short term, you would see you would say that the the first kid he's sacrificing, he's giving up something, whereas the other kid is 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 being selfish and self serving. But the first kid is good, not because he's selfless, but because he. He understands that his his greater reward is in delaying gratification and and investing in something that's going to give him more long term benefits. Ten years later, that kid's making a, a good career and in the making good money in the career of his choice. He's raising a family. He's living in a nice neighborhood. He's enjoying life. Where the other kid is dropped out and he's working menial jobs and. And uh, just living for nothing more than his next sexual encounter or or drug high, um, it's not that any it's not that the second kid is is bad because he's more selfish than the first kid. It's because he where he finds his reward is should it is beneath a good person. Um, in other words, where he has placed his faith is is wrong um that's that's the difference between good and evil um it's not yeah, but, like, but i think not, good and evil is, is a bridge further right so, so like well i mean good and evil is binary 
right? There's not like kind of good and kind of evil. You're either evil or you're not. You're either good or you're not. Like you can be, there's beyond good. But to me, I mean, that's maybe this is a whole different philosophical case point, but. No, I think this is fundamental to the, to the issue. Maybe. So. But go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't know. This is, this is kind of wrapping into a weird place. So Dre used the whole, you know, service, self-service, the Marine Corps as an example, right? Personal service, serving your country, et cetera. I mean, there's people that join the Marine Corps for a whole bunch of different reasons, right? Some join because their parents join. Some join because um, they think the uniforms are cool. Some join because they want to kill people. Some join because they don't have a reason. Some join because they're trying to prove something to themselves. Some join because the judge said they had to. Like, there's a whole bunch of reasons to join the Marine Corps, right? And I'm sure we could right. recruiter on. We could hear all the versions of why somebody. Well, let's let's take the most noblest version. And but no, gonna, no, hang I'm on, hang on, hang on. Let's okay. let me make my point. But we can agree that joining the Marine Corps in of itself has a net positive benefit to American society. Well, not not the society of our enemies, but to American culture and American society. Sure. That slides you to good. But we also know there's really bad dudes in the Marine Corps. We've all, we all knew. Yeah, sure. A I, bad I, guy or, or multiples and probably some downright evil people in the Marine Corps. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we've met some. Yeah. So like it going one way doesn't guarantee goodness right? It starts to move you into that space. And right, but you know, this is kind of like maybe even the, the the failed paradigm of right and left in politics, right? Like just because you're to the right of one side of a conversation point doesn't mean you're good. It just means you're to the right of this side or you're to the left of this part of this discussion point or this concept doesn't mean you're bad or it doesn't mean you're good. It just means that's where you are on this specific moment. So, well, Go ahead. Well, everybody on the political spectrum would say they're they are where they are because they're good because they of course nobody they, says they I'm bad right, right yeah right like I, my, my, just quick but quick they, throwaway my my son and I were talking about Star Wars lore and I was I made the point that outside of Emperor Palpatine everybody else in the Empire thought they were the good guys <clears throat> right like Palp's probably um, the Emperor, only guy. No, he thought he was the good guy. No, he didn't. That dude, that dude knew what? he was evil. Okay, so how did, what's your what's your basis for that? Like he laughed about it whenever he would get found out for his schemes. Like he was like, "Ha ha, you caught me! I'm the bad guy." Like he relished in being the bad guy, but he was well, the only one that saw himself he, as a bad guy. Everybody he, else thought he they relished, were the good guy. He relished seeing his plans come to fruition. No, I um, think I think I mean, he knew he was bad. I I relished when Osama bin Laden got killed. I was happy about that. Sure. Um, some people think that makes me evil. Uh, I don't think it does. Well, those but... people are wrong. Well, my point is like Charles Manson knows he was evil and he thinks it's funny. There, there are I don't those think, I don't rare think he believes people. That. I don't think he believes that. He, I think he he thought he was right. Uh, I think I he... don't know. I've watched some of his interviews. The dude like basically acknowledges that he's a psychopath, crazy dude. And he's like, haha, it's awesome. Okay. I think... like me. All right, I think I think we need to go back to your ideas of, of what good and evil are. Um, My ideas, or the, the fact that I brought it up. Yeah. Well, I, that's fundamental to to everything else you said, though. Okay. Um, that they're binary. Like you're you're 
And I don't think that's true. There's no, there's no such thing as pure evil. Adolf Hitler was not pure evil. Evil by definition is that's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take. He might be the most evil person who ever lived potentially. Um, but there's, but the idea that like evil can, doesn't evil is a parasite on good. Um, like, uh, evil is usually the pursuit of something good that that is in an in and of itself good at the expense of something of a higher value like um something good or something desired well when you when your priorities you, i mean if that's your priority I, I i guess you would believe that it was good but it's your top priority your top desire to have a certain outcome and if you got to throw people under the bus or murder someone or not share your money or and, and the list goes on of all exploitive behavior then th th is that is that evil well you're speaking in the abstract and if we look I, at it like am i like a, like give me a concrete example of an of the of an outcome that is intrinsically evil killing people well, well, I don't, I don't in, know order, that... in order to make money okay so killing so is money itself evil no no so here's here's my let me let me let me let me tighten this up i think you i think you're making a good point so let me let me clarify evil is either the desired outcome or the means by which you get there both can be evil both 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 the means and the end don't have to be evil but one or the other can be evil and if one or the other are evil then you are evil um so you can say i want the world to be a better place i want there to be peace i want everybody to worship the one true god and to get there i'm gonna freaking murder everybody that doesn't agree with me that's right, pretty because yeah that's evil because like the outcome that you want is good right but you've right you've decided that things that are greater than that outcome right are 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 a right. price worth paying for it or or like, you could say like, or you could say i want everyone on planet earth to die which is evil and in order to make that happen i'm going to give everybody what they want and they're going to be super happy and then you know at the very last second i'm going to bring about this mass genocide Right. And so you're, right. you're the means were actually pleasant and not evil up until the the, the thing well, that happens that causes it. But and I'm probably not constructing this well because I didn't think about this like to bring like these ideas together. But you can have well intended outcome and have evil means, right? Or you can right. have evil goals and you can have really okay. pleasant what would be an example of an evil of an evil goal? genocide is that was that your genocide. genocide yeah genocide well i mean people who want to commit genocide it's genocide isn't the goal it's the means to get to that goal no right? genocide they're, they're looking, genocide looking for the goal. A, a utopia and in order to get to said utopia i guess that's fair i guess you could argue that hitler's goal wasn't genocide it was just a yeah, way to get there that's ha fair. having that's a, a secure way. nation that that's prosperous and and without and, jews and, and proud of itself well and they the the argument was that you know well I, I i don't i don't know if hitler believed the things he said about jews but 
the sure. this the, I, I think he was sincere yeah, in right. wanting in wanting Germany to be what he said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that in and of itself is not evil. Deciding that that plan is worth the lives of six million Jews and uh, however many Russians and Americans and Frenchmen and and Brits that he that he murdered to get there, that's where it was evil. And like you know, sex is obviously good. Um, God invented sex. It was his idea. It's how we perpetuate the species. But when we I'm exalt a, I'm a that, fan. yeah, most, most people are, most people are. Um, but when we decide that that's the most important thing, right. That everyone should be having sex all the time without right. restriction or, right. or boundary and whatever sex they feel like doing, well, then you create a surplus of babies that you can't take care of. And then you decide that, well, we should just, we should just dispose of the surplus babies and then we can keep having all the sex we want well that now you've now you've made it evil you've turned something good at at, a, at the price of evil um along with the other social problems that creates um right. but also like if you decide that marriage and family are the absolute highest good so that uh you know what jesus said uh anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Um, and so, you know, in Israel, if somebody's wife or kid said, let's go follow follow other gods, that was that was condemned because that could bring the whole nation down. And mm-hmm. so, like, um, so, you know, even something good can be made to be evil in, in that sense. So, but to your point, I don't, I don't think your idea about evil being a binary, um, uh, you know, evil is only ever good perverted or, or misprioritized. Um, it's never evil in itself. Is it, even, a, is it a special kind of evil to, uh, <clears throat> to take a, a, a desire to be wealthy and uh prosperous and to get there you uh, exploit people's faith in god yeah that's pretty evil so that's, like that's one of the so most you, things you can do i mean you you look at a mega church or a mega pastor and they fly on private planes and this is this is a big reason why a lot of people kind of turn away from from faith i just had a conversation with my mother just I, I know your mom i know you're watching mom uh the other night so i i did i got to see my mom the other on friday night nice and, uh, hey mom and, Hi, uh, Joyce, mom I, I i didn't bring that up in the beginning like oh oh nothing happened huh son good <laughs> so but uh <laughs> well but like uh, in fairness of, you said you, it was the way you like it which meant right yeah that's right mom I, I love just like chilling with my mom and not not right? doing anything right? masking on my back so <laughs> Um, but you know, when she was just talking about being gro- growing up Lutheran and, and some of the some of the good things that, that happened there, but then you know they they went to like a strip mall for a little while while the new church was being built. Cool, fine, but then they stayed in that strip mall until the pastor's house was done being built and his Cadillac was done being paid for and all the things that 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 uh that kind of drove her away and her her dad to say we're not we're not coming back to this this particular church again Fair. on top of 
you know, the guy that lives in the in the big house and condemns people and then didn't want to marry my parents because he doesn't believe in mixing races, which is another thing. So so I you know, I don't want to I don't want to shit on on all the mega churches, but um I kind of yeah. am like I you know, on the one hand, I have a hard time believing that those guys actually believe anything they're saying. Like that, it, for them, it's anything more than just a, just an outright just, grift. There's, they, there's a there's a con they, man. They don't believe in God. They know people are gullible and easily exploited, and I that's a way a to get that. rich. I, I think my my gut tells me that like a third of the churches on planet Earth are that. But on the other hand, it like it's. Like I, I could see myself in that position. Well, and I, I think it's a big, giant gray area because um, there, I, I've been to churches where the um, every Christmas and Easter, I went to this. I used to go to this church, the one that we talked about, that where I got kicked out. Um, they had this. What's your uh, name again? Let's put them in. Let's no, I'm not, not going to do that, but. Uh, they know who they are. I know they're, I know they're, I know they're all listening <laughs> to my podcast because they're watching my every move. And but, riveted. Uh, yeah. Um, but there were like, there was the, the sanctuary, there was like the lobby and then there was a wall to the sanctuary and there are all these garage doors that open. So you can kind of expand the sanctuary out into the lobby and then every Christmas Eve and Easter, we would open the garage doors and bring out all these chairs because mm -hmm. we knew we were going to get like another right. like thousand people mm -hmm. who were going to, uh, it was going to be standing room only. And then right. we were going to shrink down to like a third of that on the next, on the next Sunday. And like, I remember asked, like the pastor was a, I don't, I disagree with him fundamentally on, on a lot of things. Um, but while we were moving the chairs out, I remember asking them, I'm like, you know, these people, like, they're fooling themselves, right? They think, like, they're coming in for their their yearly fix of religion. Mm -hmm. They're, 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 gonna, they're tune up. Right. And then they're going to go home and they're not going to think about it anymore. Um, like, do you ever think about, like, telling them, like, hey, you guys, you're fooling yourselves. God is not honored by your lip service um, if, you know, if, if, if you're not interested in church throughout the year, if you're not, if you're not seeking God and Jesus Christ year round, then why are you bothering to, to, I mean, you're, you're treating this like it's a, uh, you're trivializing it by treating it like it's, you know, this, this one day of the year that mm -hmm. you're going to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then you're, um, and he kind of, you know, he kind of hemmed and hawed and, well, we, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to alienate people because you never right. know who, who right. you might reach. And, sure. and, 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 um, and he's kind of right, right? Like, well, but hold on, hold on though. The same argument could be made for saying, look, you could, you can potentially save someone by, by waking them up from their apathy. That's, that's telling them absolutely you're right. lying to yourself. You're, you, you know, God isn't fooled by this. He's not honored by it. You need to get serious and and be a Christian year round, or 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 don't lie to yourself. Don't. That no, and that I agree with that hundred percent. And that's why I was saying you could kind of agree with it, but then when you <laughs> when you juxtapose it to what you just said, 
but the reality is which which way would christ have rolled was he that was uh, he the was he the pussy footing well let's not upset these guys right i I think i think you do both you bring them in and be like hey you should come back next week so two 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 answers two observations here i wanted to to finish my point here um it is a fact that on those two night, those two worship services, or if you can call it that, you get more in the collection plate on those two services than any as you get guilt offering than any ten services combined. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big part of keeping the lights on. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of paying the pastor's salary. That's a big part of everything that the church runs on and. So like, and I understand like you got to keep the lights on somehow. I that, um, but this church, I mean, this church was in is in South Tulsa. They're not struggling for money, um, but of course, you never want to leave money, you know, on the ground when you could put put it up and put in the collection plate. So I understand the temptation, but it's still, it's it's a, still a temptation that I I think to sin, and they gave in. And it's a gray area because like you, do you want to say no to all that money when you can come up with a plausible explanation for why you're letting these people lie to themselves? Um, And it's a slippery slope. Um, But to your question about what would Jesus do um, in Luke chapter 14, uh, there's a part where it says that large crowds were following him. And so he turned and said to them, unless a man hates his father and mother, his brothers and sisters, his wife and children, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And then he tells a parable about the man who starts to build a tower, but he, you wouldn't first, you wouldn't start to build a tower without seeing if it's in your budget to complete it, or you'll get it partway done and people will mock you for mm-hmm. not being able to finish what you started. A king wouldn't go to war without first tallying up his troops to see if he can win. Um Likewise, count the cost before you decide to be my disciple. Um, it takes a certain self-loathing to join the Marine Corps and to stay. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Now, there are other occasions where he said basically the same thing, but it was it was a bit more palatable. Like he said, if you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. Here, it seems like he he deliberately crafted it to be maximally offensive. If you don't hate your father and mother, right. your wife right. and children, brother and sisters, like he, it, it seems like he did that because there were large crowds following him and he didn't want large crowds. He didn't want half-hearted enthusiasts and hangers on. He wanted only people who were fully committed, devoted disciples who were going to, who were going to m- make this their priority. And he didn't want anybody else, but you know, churches today, they, you know, they openly measure their success by the size of their congregation i mean we've all been to those 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 small but growing churches where they're they're you know they're you know hey I, you know there's our congregation's growing you know that this that proves we're we're anointed that proves that god is endorsing our message um no you're just you're you're uh you're meeting a demand among religious consumers you the, the marketplace of religious consumers has endorsed you and anointed you. It doesn't mean God has. Um, wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and few find it. Um, if you're basing your success as a preacher on your your numbers, 
or the correctness of your doctrine on how many people will agree with you. Well, that's, you're in a, you're in a dangerous place. Doesn't mean you're wrong automatically, but that's no basis for security. Um, but uh, so, you know, so they shouldn't have one nine hundred numbers and, 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 you know, you call the one nine hundred number, then, then you're healed. But as long as you give a bunch of money. Yeah. That's probably not going to work. No, that's probably, that's probably not it. It's probably a little exploitative. Well, like I, I think that's those guys are obviously grifters, but but it's a you know it's a gray area. I don't know that you know that pastor that I was talking about. Um, I think he's wrong, but I think he's I think he's sincere and teaching all the wrong things. But it's so um, back to the, our previous conversation. Does that make him evil? Um, like I said, it's it's a gray area. Where See, I don't I don't I, think I, so. I, I well I, I don't think a person is biblically evil. B- biblically everybody is evil that's that's not, the problem that's not I don't yeah yeah no biblically everybody is not evil everybody is fallen and there's a line between fallen and evil what's the line like where where in the Bible does is that line drawn out that's a fair question I don't know I don't know how to answer that but I don't I, I don't I don't think they're the, they're one and the same. Well, I think I the, think the I think problem... fallen fallen is, <laughs> is is so if we were to use I'll say so I'm an IT guy. Any any IT listeners out there, I'm going to use the concept of the net promoter score. Okay? So the net promoter score MPS is a way that you identify uh client satisfaction, right? So I'm just and bear with me for a second. I I, I think this is actually a fair point. So okay. Net promoter score says on a scale of one to 10, we know the deal. One's bad, 10's good. Clients should be an eight, nine, or 10. And if they're not, they're no good. One, twos, and threes are going to leave you. They hate you. You're, you're, you're toxic. It's a bad relationship. Everything in the middle, they call white space, right? White space is not good. It's just not bad. But white space clients aren't going to renew. White space clients won't talk about you and give you positive reviews. White space clients can't be used for sales engagements. They can't be used for renewal activities. Okay. So I think this is actually, I'm using a really weird ass analogy to answer that question that you posed back, that you threw back at me, but I like it actually. The world has fallen. So the world is this white space. There's the, well, the, the there's there's the good, there's the the eight, nines, and tens that are saved, that are doing the right things, that are part of the kingdom. They're trying to further the kingdom. And then you're, you know, I'd like to think I'm an eight, right? I'm probably not a nine or a 10. There's people that are much more devout and, you know, they're doing more to further the kingdom than I am, but I'm not in the fallen space. And I'm certainly not in the evil space, which would be the one, two, and three. Now, if you're coming at this binary and saying you're either part of the kingdom or you're evil, Okay. Then that's, that would be, that's a different, that's a different, uh, you know, way to look at it or a different philosophical view of the world. Okay. Biblically speaking, I mean, the problem of the human condition is sin, right? Everybody is a sinner. Sin is evil. Sin is evil. So, so, so everybody is a sinner. So everybody is evil. It's a evil is relative though. Good is not good is absolute. God, God is the absolute to which all everything else is relative morally speaking well and everything every other way of relativity he is the absolute 
but the different i mean i think the difference between good and evil i think in the sense that you're using it is where is your faith if your faith is in god you still have an evil nature but you're also given his nature and you're 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 continually growing if if you're if you maintain your faith you are continually growing in his nature and the evil aspect of you is is steadily dying but you're you're you've always got that that bit of evil in you and until the until you're dead and or or the resurrection yeah. whichever happens first yeah I, um, I i get what you're saying i guess it's it's about taxonomy because when i hear the word evil my instinct isn't to think anything that's sin-based or is in opposition to the kingdom of God. I think of evil from a con from a denotation or a connotation of something that's purposefully bad. And so I think I I I and maybe I'm wrong for that. This is just, you know, me thinking out loud. I but, tend to impart intention, intentionality. With but this idea or that anybody, or not. but nobody is ever intentionally bad for the sake of being bad. And see, I disagree with that. I don't think I, you've I, met enough bad people because I've met people that are intentionally I, bad. I, I've met pretty plenty of bad people. Um, I've met people that are intentionally but, bad. But those, but those people who that you, those people who you would describe as intentionally bad, it's because they've rejected any concept of good. Yes. Um, like they've they've or they're purposely they, in opposition to it. Like they, they, well, they don't, they're not, they're purposely in opposition to what they regard to be an illusion of good. Um, like you talked about uh, how Emperor Palpatine is bad for the sake of being bad. Mm -hmm. um, like one of the, one of the best parts of the whole series is when the, the throne room confrontation where Vader brings Luke to, to be, corrupted by the emperor and they're like you know you've got the 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 three front battle going on the battle on the end the endor surface the space battle and then the spiritual battle between luke and the emperor and the 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 point of the battle there is you know he the, the emperor kind of taunts him with well soon you will understand the true nature of the force um that statement right there tells you the crux of the whole conflict which is what's the true nature of the force the emperor insisted that he was in he was in alignment with the true nature and luke was out of alignment and that's that's why luke was yeah but i, I don't I, but fail. i don't think that statements is is a is a real statement i think i feel like that was bad scripting because in all other no, parts of the, that's, of, of the of the star wars well, show hold, hold on a second though Okay, go ahead. I, I just when I, I they use the word dark side, when when anybody right. in the Sith uses the phrasing dark side, they are openly openly and declaratively stating that they're using the quote unquote bad side of the force and they like it. They See, wouldn't I think call it the dark side if they didn't think it was dark. 
like the language but they but they think that is the true nature of the force i don't know the true nature of reality i don't believe that it's like i don't believe that i don't think that's true especially if you consider the follow-on canon that's happened and you know from from rebels and ahsoka on it's really clear that the forces exists in 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 a in a duality purposefully and yeah, they're you're, choosing you're watching, to use the dark side. But you're watching it with the omniscience of of uh of the audience who's like who sees the whole narrative, the characters within it, they always believe their own point of view. It's, no, but it's, the, and the it's, current ones see it. I mean, Balin Skull saw it. He he well, he knew what was going on. Ahsoka and and uh and Anakin saw it when they went to whatever the hell that Mortis. And and actually interacted with the the light, the dark, and the the balanced people, the mother, the father, and the daughter and the son. Like they the 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 dark side wielders know it's the dark side, and they're cool with it because yeah, because it serves their think, goals. But you think dark? Well, and I, I don't I don't want to get too far arguing about what fictional characters think. I think it, I think but, it's relevant. I think it relevant. It's, it's relevant back but, to the conversation. But but if we're, if we're going to relate, theory. if we're going to relate that to real life. Um, like every, like, you know, the, you know, every conflict between good and evil, nobody is, the people that we think of as evil, they're, they are the heroes of their own story. Um, we think in in most other instances, I I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. Like we think of Hamas as, as, as evil because they, they're, they're having these orgasmic shouts of Allahu Akbar as they're beheading children and raping people to death but um, they, they've justified it to where they think it's the right thing to do well they're like the emperor in the throne room saying this is the true nature of the force they're saying this is this is the true nature of god um this is what god wants us to do we're doing this for god and it, it's like in the psalms where um god is uh condemning the sinner for you thought the you thought the the, the that yahweh was altogether like you um, you thought that God would would turn a blind eye to your evil because you thought that, uh, and that's that's what makes them evil is that they they thought such unworthy thoughts of Yahweh that they would believe He would endorse the evil they do when they ought to know better. Um, but but everybody is evil. Um, who does evil? I mean, the, I I would. I don't think anybody does it for the sake of being evil. That's that's what a comic book supervillain does. That's what you know Lex Luthor in the first Superman movie. He's you know his his ambition is to be the 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 world's greatest criminal for crime's sake. But that's a that's a caricature of what a villain is. A, a, a real life villain believes that his outlook is the, that's the true. That's fair. Like framing like, of reality, like, like Thanos in the Marvel comic universe. <clears throat> Yeah, Thanos thought he but, was doing a good thing by killing half of everybody. Yeah, and, and the bottom line is, like, you don't have to be a must a mustache twirling cartoon villain doing bad for bad sake to be evil. All of the all of the worst, most evil people do their evil with the full approval of their own conscience. Speaking but, of, Dick Dastardly certainly thought he was a bad guy. I don't know who that is, but. Hanna Barbera, you don't remember the yeah. great the, the the great race and I don't, I don't watch that. But my bottom line, the, the point on stage I'm, right I'm, even. <laughs> okay, so the the point 
that I want to drive home is that good and evil are a matter of where you place your faith. Um, so you're saying, so you're, you're, you're almost saying evil is objective. Good. The standard of the knowledge of good and evil is objective knowledge. Yes. Okay. What? Why is, it, why is that interesting? It just, it sounds like, like moral relativism, right? Like, like, like evil relativism. Like, are you evil? I mean, relative to what? Well, that's a valid statement. I mean, yeah. morality is relative. The question is, is it relative is it relative culture to culture? Is it relative between people? Right. Or is it relative to an absolute? Right. And the is only way... Relative the... enough that God would reward you for choosing all the right stuff monetarily on this plane in earth right now. <laughs> I, I just think that we... We're, I mean, I is, don't understand what that... as relevant as, as He's, this conversation that... kind of yeah. is... I'm bringing it back to the actual topic, like, right. but isn't this... prosperity theology, right? The, the, is are we talking about prosperity theology is correct or not correct based on how evil the We're thing might not be? We're talking about prosperity theology at this point. No, we stopped talking about that a little. Well, time. no, I, but but yeah. this is fundamental to the to the issue, though. The pro the the problem of prosperity theology is. Like a, a, it's a fundamental misapprehension of what is valuable. Um, I don't know what that means. If you see God, so so what's well, so what's the purpose of of us discussing it? Are are we supposed to steer people in the direction to what what is valuable, or are we just saying, hey, there's these there's this train of thought out there? Uh, we think it's bullshit, but you know, good luck. Um. Are you asking me that, or I'm asking the room? I'm asking well, this is Matt's idea, so <laughs> hey, don't so, uh... don't don't put this on me, Ricky, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but this evil, <laughs> you put that, that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Um, shake and bake, brother, shake and bake. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm I'm just holding the dog's ears. Here we go. What does that mean? Is that from is that from uh so, Holiday Guys? No, so when when I was in the desert, there was this chief warrant officer. It's a CWO3, and he was every bit as salty and old school as you could imagine, a CWO3. And even more to the point, he was an MBC officer. So for the listeners that aren't um aware, MBC stands for nuclear, biological, and chemical. So this was a guy who was very senior in the Marine Corps. And also and for the listeners who aren't aware, even I don't know what a chief warrant officer does. <laughs> they live outside of the world, right? They, they no, don't have Nobody in the Marine Corps knows what they do. And <laughs> this guy not only lived outside of the regular structure, he had a very wild job, right? Because you can't live in that space of the NBC environment, not be really just different. So one day, I don't even remember the context. The context isn't relevant. I had a major, major burn, by the way, major burn at shout out if you're out there. And he was doing something. And he and the warrant officer were in a bit of a disagreement. And at one point, the, war, the major, major burn kind of called the warrant officer. He was like, hey, look, chief, 
what do you want? He goes, hey, 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 sir. He said, you're the one fucking this dog. I'm just trying to hold it by the ear so it doesn't bite your dick off. That's a very profound Wait, and vivid up. image, by the way. <laughs> that was a chief warrant officer three talking to a, a what? A major. I don't even he, know who outranks who. The, the major outranks the major, warrant officer for sure. always. Okay, warrant officers yeah. are not commissioned officers. The, the, the chiefs say they are. They're not like like they right. they get warrants like a staff NCO gets a warrant, but they're not they're not commissioned by Congress like like a commissioned officer. I've tried Te to understand this. Technically I've... speaking, a lieutenant outranks a CWO five. In no I... reality, does a CWO five <laughs> answer to anybody but a general? Like let's just be <laughs> real. But like technically speaking, like that's how that works. I mean, okay. So I, how did that? I, conversation... I'm sure Ace. I'm sure Ace listens, right, Dre? Ace could sure. Ace could yeah. jump. He could jump into comments and tell us like, is there like a, is there like a natural like CW twos are kind of like captains and threes are kind of like major lieutenants or something like that. Well, I think that's yeah, how that works. There are so uh, you know, for example when we uh, when I got the map we had we had duties. So I'm a, I'm a damn master sergeant, and I thought that my duty days were done, but no, because now you're the duty for the general. So uh, the duty was master sergeants cwo4s majors and lieutenant colonels that was the pool that you could you could pull from so you're so, all you kind know, you're, of in some you're 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 in you're in a peer kind of it kind of a peer group yeah, at that point. that's yeah. the that's the peer group of echelon to be able to stand this duty where if you were like the the lower echelon like staff sergeants gunnies captains lieutenants cwo2s right? and so, threes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how That's did so that true. conversation go from the, there? The, the the major stopped, looked at him, and started laughing because that was such a wild <laughs> statement to make. He was just like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and and me and the gunny were like, <laughs> "I don't even know what to say about that." Like, I witnessed that, and that was like the most glorious thing I've ever heard amongst two uh, senior Marines. No, they, they weren't fighting. It wasn't like a contentious situation. It was just kind of a like a good natured bickering kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. trying to, but it was just like I'll remember that phrase as long as I live, him saying that. It was just funny. It was and it was very um evocative of a of an image. The imagery was uh, you know holding ears i got it right you, you can make this decision all you want to um i'm i'm gonna try to do as much damage control as possible right, right. because you're in charge but you're making uh, a really bad decision you're not listening to me so i'm helping right. as best the best that i can it's not going to end well but yet here we are because you're but, in charge is just non-stop comedy it really was oh for sure for, for sure mm -hmm. so uh all right matt's having technical difficulties well my ear my headphones are done all right um so uh so where are we good good well dre was saying we were off topic um when i think we are at the root of the topic um, i think we were perfectly off topic so i'm okay with it well the 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 warrant officer dog no not that part the other part <laughs> yeah. no i didn't say i hated it <laughs> but i mean to, so to so to, to dial back in i mean you know if i was to be asked directly uh you know is there strong 
biblical basis for God rewarding us for our spend? I would say no. Like I, I, I don't think it's transactional in that regard. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's quid pro quo. I don't think it's a one for one. I don't think because you tithe, you're, you're chosen, you're blessed. I think that the, the sacrifice of giving is appreciated and it's, it doesn't hurt, but I don't think it, it puts you in any better standing. I don't think my, my, uh, my, version of paradise will be better than someone else's because I gave more than them. Um, I mean, there, I guess there's the argument that you could counter that's talks of where, where Jesus talks about, you know, the, 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 the rich person that gave a fraction and big deal, but the, the poor person that gave everything they had, that that was more meaningful. Right. Um, but that's more about the struggle <laughs> And the level of self-sacrifice than it is about the actual giving of the monies, right? Because, you know, going back to tithing, even like let's 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 just say tithing is the is the rule. Well, if everybody tithes, you're just tithing your ten percent, and it's equally ten percent. And that's not even the rule. Well, I'm just saying if we just use that for our, to to make the discussion easy, right? Then uh, then it's just you know. 10% 10%. So whether it's 10% of 30,000 a year or 10% of 300,000 a year or 10% of 3 million a year, it's still just 10%. Um, and that, that fraction shouldn't be enough to make or break somebody. Now I, I'm saying that personally, because I'm going back to my own personal story that I told at the beginning of the call, of the show where, you know, it would have broke me at one point, but that was, a, that was a me thing. That wasn't a God thing or a, or a biblical thing. That was a, Matt was a jackass with his personal finances thing that I had to, I had to sort out for my own purposes um, as much well, as for, 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 for I, holy purposes. I think the bottom line in everything you just said is, are, are you, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right. Um, you're, you're, you're going to invest your money where your values are. Mm-hmm whatever they are um if you value what's going on at church you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna keep funding it that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna put your money if you're gonna you're gonna put your money into causes that you believe in not because you so you for altruistic purposes but because you're serving your own values and that's why the nature of good and evil is is foundational to this what is valuable? What what is it that you what is it that deserves your money or your time? Um, because it's not money itself is not valuable. Money is a certificate of value, it's a measurement of value. Right. Um that's why when I read Paul and he says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then when I read Ayn Rand, where she uses the the dollar sign as a symbol of of human achievement and value, I don't see those things as being in conflict. They're they are they are completely simpatico because loving money for its own sake is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, loving money as a way to advance your own values, like tithing to your church, uh, giving to causes that you believe in, building. Uh, businesses and creating value for your fellow man um that's what it's good for um but to 
to understand to, to arrive at the proper use of money, you have to understand what what's good and what's evil. What? You mean like like wanting to become the richest man in the world so that you can buy a communication conglomerate and then break it of its uh, ability to censor the common individual, irrespective of the amount of profit you might glean from that purchase. Yeah, I think Elon Musk would be a a he would fit right in as the hero of an Ayn Rand novel. I, um, I agree. I mean, I, I, I was trying to be funny about that, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Now, let me qualify that a bit. Um, she would have trouble with a lot of the government subsidies, um, but that's, it's a different subject. Well, I think she would have a problem with all the government <laughs> subsidies that the, uh, the, uh, the train industry, the rail industry gets nowadays also. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, just for the, people listening at home who are familiar with the works of Ayn Rand and think I'm out of my mind. I'm, I'm well aware that I'm well aware that Ayn Rand would loathe me and she would 100% disown me. If I, if she heard me claiming to be a Randian objectivist, and then I would tell her why she's wrong and that I'm the best objectivist she has ever met. And that she, her, her philosophy is 100% correct but it's in, but it's incomplete it's not it's not a complete ethical system cuz she's an atheist but it's the good starting point it, had she rightly understood christianity um i think she probably would have gone down in history as one of the one of the greatest church reformers that we've ever known but she just she she was kind of uh she was a bit of a sociopath in her personal. That might life. be the hottest take you've ever you've ever made. It's pretty hot take. That's, that's a, but I don't hate it, by the way. I'm I've never, I, haven't, I haven't read Fountainhead, but I'm I, I'm a big Ayn Rand fan, fan myself. I haven't either. I've read I've read Atlas Shrugged. I I don't think her novels are great literature. They're great philosophy. They're, I can, they're, I can live with that. I can, I, I can agree with that. They're great for what she's, what's to do with them. At least Atlas Shrugged is. It was a um, great discourse on the, 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 the plight of the trajectory of the American political system. Yeah. Her point was not to tell a good riveting story for the sake of telling a story. Her point was to use the story mm -hmm. as a vehicle for her to, philosophy. What's, what's the word? It was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a polemic. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. Uh, there's my, there's my big word for the day. But um, it was great for the purpose for which she intended it. Um, but her, uh, she hated Christianity because they used epistemology. I mean, they used faith as an epistemology. Like they, like the, the version of Christianity she attacked was Christian saying that you, you know, these things are true because you have faith which she rejected, you should use reason as your tool for knowing things. Ironically, her ethical system is the greatest explanation of what actual biblical faith is. And her objectivist epistemology is perfectly in line with the Bible. Um, See, I, I actually disagree with you. And this, we're going to go into a rabbit hole. So I, I don't think we should do this too much, but I don't think that's why she, she rejected Christianity. I think it's because of her growing up around the um, 
the Russian Orthodox Church. And I think her well, rejection was more about Russian Orthodoxy than it was about Christianity in its purest form. I'm just interacting with her stated positions. Oh, I, I get it. I mean, it. I'm sure I'm sure there were I mean, we could psychologize her all day long. That's what I just did. But it, and it's it's unfalsifiable though. And, I mean, well, I, 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 I think I, get it's, it. I think it's reasonable to to uh, to and, think that there's more going on in her motivations than she said. But just interacting with her ideas, I I think that her observations were true of the Christians she met because it's true of the Christians I've met. Not but, all of them, but a great yeah. many of them. Yeah. And and but those observations are not a true representation of Christianity. And so she was she was right to reject what she what saw. those Christians yeah. believed. Yeah. She was wrong to reject Christianity. I but agree. She didn't make that, that distinction. So yep. yeah. Yep. So uh, all right. I think we've uh, we licked the prosperity Dre, theology. Brian and I talked the most because you kind of went into questioning mode. Did you have any other thoughts or any add-ins to that? Um, no, I think it, I think it got covered. I I, I probably could have jumped in a few times through there, but there wasn't really any any breaks. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think we, I mean, the, the, the church or a church you're comfortable with should be a place that, that you hold value. And I, I think that anytime that you lend things to things that you give value to, you kind of grow as a person. And if you choose to grow upon foundations of dare i say goodness then then uh you'll you'll just grow as a person and you will prosper um i i think that uh a, a lot of the early you know prosperity doctrine that was kind of out there sort of pointed at you know middle class or poor areas and kind of exploited that mm -hmm. and, and 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 took it to a to a new level and and if anybody got out of the hood or say the ghetto, you know, through faith, then there was an easy way to point and say, hey, look right there. That was faith that, that got them out of this this inner city, which which kind of led to grace. I mean, that's that's in sure. the, line, the song Amazing Grace. Faith has brought me and faith will. I mean, that's that's the like the second verse or whatever. When when the riches that are talked about in the gospel aren't aren't the riches of the material world that we have here. Right. It's something, it's something beyond that. And I, and I think that if you prioritize those types of riches, because, because you feel uncomfortable uh, in your surroundings, then, then maybe align your, your priorities and, and you'll become more comfortable. And I know that that sounds like a, like I'm saying, you know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps type, type comment, but yeah, pull yourself up by your you bootstraps. Know, go, <laughs> go fucking work, but and 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 do and do the work, as they say. Right. Um, well, I think that's yeah. just broadly with all this self help stuff and the feel good, everything. Right. Everybody's so focused on getting to the end. Right. Like. um, newer generation kids you know they 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 want to be entitled to everything that the people before them have that they worked for um and you hear a lot of stuff 
young generation saying, you know, what man, humans weren't meant to work all day and then just go home and sleep and then work again. This is ridiculous. Uh, um, I, I tend to see it more of our, our existence is the thing like this existence is this existence and like whatever you're doing all day, every day, that's your life. And if you don't like that life, you should change it. Right. And you should find reward and fulfillment in the things you do. And that isn't just a spiritual statement, but it's also an economic statement. It's a professional statement. If you hate your job, like go get a new job, find something that you don't hate on Monday. Like we're recording this on a Sunday night and I'm not dreading tomorrow morning. I'm not looking forward to it. Like I get to go to work tomorrow. I'm not a psychopath, but I can tell you all I'm not sitting here going, Oh my God, I can't, I don't want to get up tomorrow. Like if that's how you feel on a Sunday, you should really like take a step back and like reassess your life. Um, But at the same time, like if you're only living so that you can die and go to heaven, you should probably reassess your life. Reassess your life, yeah. Also, reread the Bible because it doesn't say that. <laughs> but but you guys get my point, right? Like the, the, the point of this existence is to exist and it's to do things that you feel rewarded for. And if you're not finding that, then you need to go like kind of look in the mirror and find out why. Um, so so the, do you think that, of- that um, this whole prosperity thing that kind of started in the 50s-ish in America and kind of got big in the 80s and 90s, but... But since then, we've had this uh, this new spiritual awakening because people aren't religious now. They're just spiritual, right? So now we have this law of attraction. We have the the secret, right? So um, a lot of yeah, I think know, it's more financial. The, I think it's more of the same. It's just it's more of the same thing. They just they put a new. It's just instead of using the God of Jesus Christ as the means to that end. And it's, it's, the, it's uni- the universe, universe or something they're, they're, or the they're, force. They're, 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 they're dumbing it down or whitewashing it until it's but, until it feels more palatable. So you so you'll see a lot of these spiritual animals out there on you know TikTok <laughs> or Instagram, and they you know they they believe in this this law of attraction. If you incantate this special thing, then you know or or do a certain thing all the time and always have a mindset of something that you're gonna receive it. But those same people will shit all over the prosperity gospel and i find it interesting anyway yeah and the 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 thread that's uh seems to be running through all of this is it's true that you that you do improve your situation through faith but it's but the prosperity gospel treats faith as a as a magical spell you pray the right prayer and you 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 do the right inputs and the quid pro quo god like a dutiful cosmic vending machine will <laughs> return the the reward you're after but no if, if you have you know in, in a completely secular sense if you have the faith to improve your own capital if you believe that you have something of value that you can offer the world that that someone will pay you for your labor, that you can add value to a business in a, in a job. And if you don't have that value that you can go improve your capital by studying, learning a vocation, something, then you can improve your situation. But to, to the Christians, um, faith is faith in God's promises. And it's, 
like one of the one of my biggest issues with the mainstream church is you know it's supposed to be you know the words you know the phrase self-help gets a bad rap because a lot of churches a lot of churches this sort of life coaching self-help stuff but it's there should be some truth to that. Like when you read Second uh, Peter, which uh, I I always quote because it's it, it exposes a huge area of ne neglect in the church. He sums up the gospel as uh, he has given us everything needed for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by appetites. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, excellence, knowledge, self-mastery, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And... Like that's that's based that sums up what should be the entire Christian life. This it it, it is it it it's lifelong improvement, and the church is supposed to be there to to mentor you and train you in that, and and give you the tools to improve yourself by becoming excellent, by becoming more knowledgeable, by becoming more godly, and this is this is how the kingdom of God comes into the world and how it advances and how we change the world one person at a time. Um, so it, it is supposed to make you better. It's supposed to, it's supposed to make you a higher, better order of, of human being than, than, a, than a fallen person enslaved to their appetites. What, what the prosperity theology, what prosperity theology and, and not just them, um, I think people like to beat up on Joel Osteen and his elk because it make he makes them look good by comparison, but they're not really like that pastor I talked about who was happy to accommodate a thousand more people because what what it puts in the collection plate. But they're not they're not giving people the tools for that that self advancement. Um, they basically just exploit people. They promise them gratification of their appetites um when they're supposed to be empowering them and uh i think that's the you know prosperity theology is useful to you know point that out by contrast um but uh anyway that's my uh that's my closing argument okay matt you got anything no i'm good <clears throat> all right so Hey, th this one was a little bit different than what we've had in the last couple of weeks. And uh, if if you like that, you know, we, we got a lot of mo, a lot of mo coming. Um, so please you know, help us out by just going ahead and hitting the like button and also just subscribing or, um, you know, following along on, you know, the, on, on Spotify or, you know, Apple or iHeart or all the places that you get your podcasts. We are there. What's what was the uh, where's the new one, Dre, that we just saw we're at? Where, where was that? Audible. Audible. We're, on Audible. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Audible. So so if you uh look Brought at Mount Hermeneus by Audible. <laughs> so we so there's a podcast section on uh, on Audible now and uh and we're we're on there. All all the uh, all what's this episode 21, 22? This will be tw I think this is 21, yeah. So 
Can I say one last thing? Sure. Uh, for a complete explanation of my uh, treatment of good and evil, uh, look in the description for a link to my blog article. It is entitled Recapturing Our Stolen Inheritance Part 2. All right. So with that, I will say um, stay curious, stay enlightened, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks. God bless.